0: we
1: Everybody. Welcome to the planetary episode of Mars on Fortune's Wheelhouse. It is our fifth planetary episode following the Sun and preceding Jupiter. We are going to start, as we always do, with the appropriate Orphic hymn, which is the hymn to Aries. What number is it? Do you happen to know? Sixty-five. Sixty-five. So if you'll turn in your hymnals, <laughs> We will um, give it a go. As always, I will be doing the Greek, and Mel will be doing the English translation from Apostolus Athanasakis. Okay, it's only nine lines long. Shortest one. Arect, ombri mohtime megasthenes
0: Unbreakable, strong-spirited, mighty and powerful demon.
1: Delighting
0: in arms, indomitable. Manslaying,
1: wall-battering.
0: Lord Ares, yours is the din of arms, and ever be spattered with blood. You find joy in killing and in the fray of battle, O oh horrid one.
1: Hospote esu sifasīn tekayen kesi de rinamuson, whose
0: desire is for the rude clash of swords and spears.
1: Stasonerin luso san, anespononal gasitumon.
0: Stay the raging strife, relax pain's grip on my soul.
1: Estepton neuson kupridos komustelua yu.
0: And yield to the wish of Cyprus and to the revels of
1: Laeos. Exchanging
0: the might of arms for the works of
1: Deo.
0: Yearning for peace that nurtures youths and brings wealth.
1: All right. This is such an interesting one, isn't it? Because it is. it's like, please don't do what you're good right, don't at. Don't hurt me, bro. <laughs> The only one I think that's like that, right? Even the Saturn one's not like that.
0: Even though you love to kill, don't kill me, brother.
1: Yeah, and that that hymn was that we were just saying to each other that you can't be shy when you say that hymn. It's it's one of those ones that you kind of have to shout. Right, wall battering. (laughs) Yeah, preferably with a berserker scream before and after. So we will be talking about, as usual, 5 million cards. And there are a little bit more of them than usual because Mars is special that way. One extra. One extra. We will start, of course, with the tower, which is associated with Mars. And then the two zodiacal majors, his sign of Aries, which is the emperor. And his sign of Scorpio, which is death. And then, of course, the three zodiacal minors associated with each, with each of those. So for Aries, we'll be talking about two, three and four of wands, which is ye old dominion, virtue and completion. And then for Scorpio, we'll be talking about five, six and seven of cups, which of course are disappointment, pleasure and debauch. And then we'll be talking about the Six decanic miners of Mars, as you recall, although there are 36 faces, decans, they divide up in seven groups of five, but Mars gets six because he begins and ends the cycle. So seven times five is 35, and then you have 36. Right, so
0: there's an Aries at the beginning of the Zodiac in the Two of Wands at the very zero degrees of Aries, and and then the very last degrees of Pisces with the Ten of Cups.
1: Right. And in between, yep, so we have Aries 1 and Pisces 3, and in between we've got the Nine of Swords, which is Mars in Gemini 2, the Lord of Cruelty. And then we have uh, Mars in Leo 3, Lord of Valor, the Seven of Wands. And then we have, for the Five of Cups, Mars in Scorpio 1, Lord of Disappointment. Then we have Mars in Capricorn 2, three of pentacles or discs, and that is the uh, Lord of Work. And finally, we have, of course, as Mel said, the Ten of Cups, Lord of Satiety, Mars, and Pisces Three. Oh, and then we'll be talking about the fives, the fives of wands, cups, swords, and pentacles or discs because the five is associated with the Sephira of Mars, known as Givora, among other things. So how many cards is that? Nineteen. <laughs> we could also do chords, <laughs> but Let's we're not, not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, oh, Lord of the hosts of the mighty. It is. Just one thing about the hymn that we did just before. I'm going to put up a post because it's a nine-line hymn, and it's really kind of interesting because if you take the three zodiacal majors and the six decanic minors, you can kind of line them up in order and then align the nine verses of the hymn with those, and they eerily match up. So there will be a post on that.
0: It's kind of like when you um, play Dark Side of the Moon. and Yes!
1: Wizard uh, of Oz. Wizard of Oz, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) it's really strange and cool. And (laughs) That will be on Patreon for our patrons, which you can access by going to www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse. So here we are. House of God, Blasted Tower, Lord of the Hosts of the Mighty. Uh, We should just mention for people, in case they haven't listened to the Tower episode recently, that 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 epithet, Lord of the Hosts of the Mighty, is because the Sephirot, Netzach, and Hod are both associated with armies in one sense or another. It's um, one of those Kabbalistic references. That's the
0: alternate title that Crowley mentions as it could be called war. Absolutely. the, The Tower, you know is the path in between those two armies of
1: Netzach and Hode? marching back and forth. <laughs> so Mars is special in a lot of different ways. One thing that's kind of interesting is just thinking about the fact that we are balanced between Venus and Mars in the solar system at all times. And they are uh, certainly opposites.
0: Right. Um, in the Venus episode, we did, you know, a- spoke a little bit about how Venus was the sister of Earth. Well, Mars is the brother of Earth, really. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the probably the only other planet that seems like it could sustain life. You know, it's got a moderate enough climate. It has four seasons. It's
1: relatively
0: close to the size of
1: Earth. And isn't there evidence that there may have been water at one time? Yeah, that's what they possible. say. Yeah. It's interesting because you can contrast Mars with Venus... Um, but you can also sort of say that they go together at the same time. And then we also, um, so that's in terms of the astrology. But Kabbalistically, we contrast Mars with Jupiter as well, because mm-hmm. they're directly across each other on the Tree of Life. The names for Mars, Mars, of course, is just Aries, the god of war. But it, the names for Mars are also interesting in other languages. So, for example, in Arabic, it's Al-Marik which means the burning one which is exactly what Perfect. you'd expect right Perfect. because he actually looks red in the sky and then <laughs> the um the the Hebrew name is Madim. Maadim yeah which comes from the word for red adom which yeah, is also Adam. super obvious
0: right man <laughs> we're very martial
1: yeah i'm very red i mean i guess yeah the whole idea of uh man as red earth being formed of red earth and the iron that is the core of our blood blood, cells so what causes the red color of mars in the sky
0: the planet itself is red. I wonder if it is iron. Is it iron? I'm not I sure. I think iron, it makes iron sense oxide because iron is one mm. of the corresponding metals of Mars so that would I think it might be. It, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Red earth is definitely irony. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple other names too. I've got um also meaning red the um the Hindu name was Mangala or Lohita both of which are red and then uh there was another one Kortakea, which is war. Mm. Um were names of Mars and then the Egyptians interestingly enough called Mars Artes which is kind of the root of the word art and it speaks more of Mars's creative powers because he certainly has those Interesting
1: huh Artes You know what's funny is that well we've talked about that color chart for the seven planets and Mars is the ones that, red, red, that is red, 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 absolutely red. the most <laughs> consistent. I think there might be a black in there, maybe, but it's right. like red everywhere. And all the names for Mars mean red. And that really contrasts with, you know, when we saw with Venus, we see white a lot. You know, she has other colors as well, but it's you green see and white. white. Mostly. Yep. And also she's known as the shining one. So, right. you know, if you think of those, polarities of red and white. That's something we see in alchemy. It's something we see in the tarot.
0: Right. Passion and purity. Yeah. Mars and Venus.
1: Yeah. And you can really think of those Mars and Venus as shorthand when you see red and white in the tarot um, for those principles. I hadn't really thought about that before.
0: Then we've got uh, the two moons of Mars that we can't help but mention, Phobos (laughs) and Demos. Panic Uh, and fear, or fear and panic, rather. Uh, Yeah. Phobos, panic, fear, hate things like that, uh, Deimos, terror, dread, <laughs> fright,
1: fear, whatever, all the same thing. Frightful fright and but they're, they're, terrifying terror. They're
0: named after two of um, Ares or Mars and Aphrodite or Venus's children. So the weird thing about it is they had a third child, Harmonia. I know,
1: I saw that.
0: Right? Isn't that weird? Like, what up? (laughs)
1: Right, well, you
0: know, the exchanging the might of arms for the work of Dale. Yeah, (laughs) interesting.
1: Yeah, so he has that capacity in him. Mm -hmm. Isn't it true also that you know how the geocentric orbit of Venus viewed from Earth makes that beautiful mm-hmm. five-petaled thing? Mm-hmm. Isn't it the case that Mars' is super gnarly and sort of off balance? Yeah,
0: yeah, I think that's the case.
1: The other ones are not as pretty as Venus, but they're symmetrical. And then Mars is like weird and asymmetrical and imbalanced.
0: Kind of makes sense. I mean, Mars is always seen as this, you know, blood, th- especially the Greeks, they didn't see much redeeming about Mars, just this bloodthirsty God that had to be kind of placated. But I think that it's important to kind of make peace with Mars, if you want to put it that way, mm-hmm. because, you know, the opposition of Mars doesn't equal enmity, and it's usually sometimes for a higher purpose. There's this doctrine of Mars being sort of a secret savior kind mm. of figure. And the Romans thought Mars was much more of a uh, kind of benefactor than the Greeks did. The the Roman Mars was the father of Romulus and Remus who founded Rome. And it kind of reminds me of sort of like an emperor figure, like the airy side of Mars, you know, that – it's not really bloodthirsty, but more of like an architect,
1: a yes. creator.
0: Um, and, and, and the Roman Mars was a god of spring and creation. Romulus and Remus who founded Rome, you know.
1: Yeah, it, he can represent just the primordial energy of life. Right, the masculine really. creative mm-hmm. force, I guess. First of all, you have to have that force in order for anything to thrive. But also, you know, even when you think about the ideals of humanity and, you know, the way that we try to create civilizations and laws for ourselves that are for the betterment and good of everybody, ultimately to enforce them, there has to be this giant stick, right, <laughs> you right. know, and that's Mars, you know, in order to really save us at our worst moments. I mean, you can't not have enforcement. You can't have that much energy as Mars have
0: has without it causing some storm and stress, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I kind of think of there's an association, too, with with Lucifer and Prometheus, kind of. You see in the tower almost like, it's almost like an image of, you know, Lucifer's revolt against heaven and being cast down in the tower, Prometheus bringing fire down from heaven. I think that... Knowledge that, you know...
1: Yeah, when we think about, you know, the beneficial uses of fire, I mean... You know, there is that relationship of fire as a technology for us as well. And I think I mean, the technology side of fire may be a martial thing.
0: When you think about fire and burning, I mean, what is happening when something's burning? It's energy is being
1: released. Energy is being that's released. That's what
0: Mars is yeah. all about in the chart is energy and activity and drive and, you know.
1: Yeah, which can be used for many things, not just aggression.
0: Yes, can be used for creation as well as destruction.
1: It's interesting. We both have kind of a close relationship with Mars, even though you're, you know, Jupiter's girl and I'm Mercury's girl.
0: <laughs> you know. Well, we both have Mars conjunct. Uh, right.
1: Mine I'm, is on the midheaven and well, yours. I mean, our are, Mars aren't conjunct, but with your, each other your
0: mars is conjunct my Sun, so we have a martial relationship <laughs> <We don't, laughs> even though we don't we don't duke it out thankfully we use it to create things that, which is good that's but, um, right yeah but yeah you know like yeah i'm Sun, you're mars and we both also you have on the midheaven the midheaven and i have uh, mars, conjunct, I mean, conjunct, mars the conjunct the midheaven and i have mars conjunct the ascendant so we both have it strong <laughs> on an angle so we're both kind of
1: mars people <laughs> it's true it's true it was funny i was uh showing, I was sharing charts with Eric Arneson of Arnomancy the other day, and he said, whoa, that's a burly Mars up there. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's like, I was also born on a Tuesday, I feel like Mars gives me the energy to do the things that I love, you know, and that's what I love about Mars. Even though he's, you know, not my principal boss, he's definitely a force to reckon with. And and something that is probably responsible for any ambition I have.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, with my Mars, it's, closely conjunct the ascendant but from the 12th house side so it's hidden mm. i'm like the dark horse in any race <laughs> you won't see it till the end and
1: boom, well, blow right by <laughs> yeah you know yeah. when it comes into that kind of thing yeah it's interesting mars and jupiter share a thing about horses right right you know mars the, the fiery spirit of the horse that gets you to the finish line is very martial.
0: And I have Mars in my Vedic chart is in, is exalted.
1: Interesting. It's yeah. In, so
0: in Vedic yeah. chart, it's in Capricorn, even though
1: my Vedic, it's in Scorpio. In fact, in, Ooh, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in Vedic, I have Mercury in, you know, Virgo still, Sun and Leo and Mars and Scorpio. So it's like isn't this boss interesting chart. how things
0: move around in the Vedic <laughs> yeah. chart and you have to yeah, wrap yeah. your head around that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And actually, I once did an Almutin Figurist calculation that oh, yeah, I did comes that once. out with Mars on top.
0: It, <laughs> it might have been that for me too. I actually. think
1: they take into account planetary hour and day, possibly. So that may have been why. Um, I'm not sure. You know, asterisk, not a real astrologer. <laughs> <laughs> just play one on TV. Yeah, we just play around with it. So, um so yeah, actually, we might as well talk about dignities then.
0: Yeah, so rulers Aries and ruling Aries and Scorpio and uh exalted in Capricorn, therefore in detriment in Cancer.
1: Uh sorry, no, in fall in Cancer, in fall, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. the opposite of Jupiter actually. So uh, exalted in Capricorn in fall and Cancer at 28 degrees. Yes, and then the detriment is actually the signs of Venus.
0: Right, right. That makes sense.
1: Taurus and Libra. So the uh, opposing Aries is Libra, and opposing uh, yeah, Scorpio Libra is Taurus. Is
0: way too nice for Mars. <laughs> and Taurus is way too stubborn. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting, because we've talked about how Venus sort of creates these bookends to the what we consider the growing season here, the the planting in Taurus and the harvesting in Libra. But he is the literal beginning of the year in Aries, and then the sort of like the death for us time in Scorpio, when everything falls off the trees. Although,
0: you know, for, as far as planting and harvest goes, I mean, what comes first though? The breaking of the soil. With well, the plow, yes. Which is Mars, right? Right. You have to. Know. The more I yeah. study astrology, the more I kind of like lean away from seeing detriment and fall as being all bad. It's more of right. like a different relationship. It really you know? is. <laughs>
1: it really is. Yeah. I think the, the, the medieval and renaissance astrologers the de- the detriments and debilities are much more negative than we see them in modern astrology, and I think there's something to be taken from both, you know, because the good and bad are all part of life, and you can kind of use both systems to get at each.
0: Right. It's like it's a little bit of a tangent. It's just like in Sinistry, where I think you're better off having, say, a square between your planet and your partner's planet than no. Relationship yes.
1: at all. Aspect is important. Right. Yeah. Right. Any so, you, you know,
0: you would look, oh, geez, our moons are squared. That means we, we can't live together. Well, that's not true at all. Right. It's going to
1: come out. They're in it's, relationship. It's going to
0: come out and play, but there's a relationship there. If there's no connection there, you won't be together at all, really. Exactly. You
1: know? That's true. So, there's, you know, sexual tension between Mars and Venus as they are in each other's detriment. It's almost as if in. Venus's palaces, Mars has to defer to her, and vice versa. Yeah. You know, they have to play by the other's rules.
0: Although it's said that um I think Venus is one of the only gods or goddesses that can conquer Mars. <laughs>
1: yes. Yes. You know, yes. Mars doesn't have any bosses except for Venus, really. <laughs> you
0: know, yeah, Aphrodite, It's love and war. You know, right. All is fair yeah. in
1: love and war. Or also, you can think of it as the principles of Eros versus Thanatos yes. death.
0: Speaking of which, mm-hmm. that's really interesting because did you notice that Mars ruling Aries and Scorpio, we've got Aries, the sign of like the infant, the self, and birth? Mm hmm. Contrasted with Scorpio, the sign of death and rebirth.
1: Yeah. kind of going
0: on there. Yes, it's kind of quite the juxtaposition.
1: It really is. There's a um, cycle to it, almost.
0: Yeah, like one is the the self arising, and one is the the dissolution of the self. Kind of you yes, know, the fire in the water. We've got one cardinal fire sign and one fixed water sign.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I was trying to get my head around that sort of cardinal versus fixed. And I was having trouble with it, but the elemental thing makes a lot of sense, you know. I mean, it's just
0: Aries, Scorpio, like the individual versus the collective, like death dissolving into the collective and birth, Aries rising from the collective from of of Pisces, you know. Yes. Interesting.
1: And if you think about it, fire and water as elemental opposites have that relationship where each can conquer the other. You can drown a flame, but you can also burn off water can dry things and you can drown them. And there's that relationship with the
0: devil because of the exaltation in Capricorn. Mm-hmm. Like when mm-hmm. you look at when you look at the mottos of the two rulers and the exaltation, I am, I desire, I use. It seems like you know that seems like a <laughs> nice. real progression, doesn't it?
1: Yes, yes. Here it really I am, does. I want this, and I'm going to do this with it. What's the um? What's the fall? What's the what's Cancer's motto? Ah, uh, Cancer. Uh. I feel. I feel. I feel, yeah. Yeah. Emo Mars. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> yeah, Mars doesn't like that, I don't think. Does not like that. I don't that. think Mars likes uh, he feelings. He likes to
1: be a bit armored up.
0: Right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. He doesn't want to be soft and squinty.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about how, you know, martial qualities are burning and cutting.
0: Yes. It's almost like the difference between... um the warrior of Aries and the surgeon of Scorpio. Yes. You know, yes. Cutting versus healing or, you know, those.
1: Well, I was thinking like, you know, the burning qualities to me come up in, you know, in, in Aries in particular, because it's the spark of light that sort of explodes into being. And then the, the cutting, I think of as a Scorpio sort of thing, because it's the sting and the hurt and the pain uh, and the endings mm-hmm. associated uh, with Mars. I almost think of Aries as being the sort of attacking force and Scorpio as being more of a defensive force, although they both have these sort of deadly qualities ah, to them. You could even reverse that, though. You could reverse that. Yes, and there's sexual qualities to both of them as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah, when we think about the... The Emperor versus Death, as Aries versus Scorpio. You know, the Emperor is this morning star, the sun of the morning, the chief among the mighty, you know, the, the daylight sign. And the Death is the, the nocturnal one, the child of the great Transformers sort of dissolving, like as we were saying. I think of Aries as having constructive qualities very much so as you were saying you know it's a attack and defense but the the idea that you want to build something and that's where the aggression is coming from the that sort of naked ambition to to do something
0: it's like Aries-Scorpio, I think of like will versus desire or something Mm -hmm. like that. They're both kind of similar in flavor, but not exactly the same.
1: There's something about will that is inherent with that sort of fire, uh, the inflammation (laughs) of the self, you know, to do things that have not been done before Uh, with the emperor. That's Aries. Yeah, that's the emperor,
0: you know. Then there's that transmutation and Scorpio to be reborn, you know. To
1: be reborn, to take... The mess left behind by the bull in the China shop, you know, right. or the the ram, and to turn it into something productive or something different. but it's a long journey and a hard one. And it is that night of the soul, the carrying of the sun through the night, the scarab beetle of death that's responsible for changing what was left over as waste and detritus from from the war and turning it into something new and better
0: it's interesting too the whole fire and water thing you know Mm -hmm. you think of the planet mars and its redness and you know the emperor definitely seems like quite a fit and then you think about the martian canals and the the, the connection of mars with water and okay scorpio fits too i guess (laughs) well yes i think they're hidden you know those canals are they're dried up and hidden you know,
1: yeah, I have listened to the astrology podcast zodiac sign rundown so many times just to get at the difference between Aries and Scorpio. Because I mean, I have no problem with Mars and Aries, but I really struggled with Mars as Scorpio. Austin had some great sort of analogies the idea that, you know, the fixed nature of water is, for example, like a river always running in one direction, never ceasing. Or the hypodermic needle of, you know, of the scorpion's tail, the liquid being forced out as venom or poison into the bloodstream. When you talk about the canals of Mars, you know, it's almost as if there has to be a direction for the flow. Right. It's it's not the Sea of Pisces where everything is going everywhere and we're all one. There's a purpose and there's a momentum and there's a force behind it.
0: They both kind of have a one-pointedness. Aries is kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of like a child reaching for something just because it's there. What's this? Let's explore. It's a where, curiosity. Where, where, yeah, where, where Scorpio seems more like the deep dive or something. There's a you know,
1: strong like a, investigative energy yeah, and a not yes, letting go.
0: Investigative is a good word for it. Curious versus
1: investigative Aries Scorpio. Yeah. energy. There are a lot of Scorpio podcast hosts out there. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of like being enclosed in the studio and concentrating on this one very and important thing. probably a thing. lot of
0: Scorpio cultists, I would think.
1: Absolutely.
0: I'm yeah. not... Much Scorpio in my chart, except for Neptune, that's on the
1: midheaven, and
0: I have a lot of eighth house stuff. So, mm.
1: well, I have Scorpio in the ninth house, which is, you know, why I'm up at midnight looking for the alternate meaning of Givura. <laughs> right. right. There's no end to the wormholes. It's interesting to think about the stories that go along with Aries and Scorpio as they play out, not just in the Emperor and Death, but in the 2, 3, and 4 of Wands. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: you know what's really interesting? Mm-hmm. That even though we have, you know, 2, 3, and 4, and a 5, 6, and 7... Mm-hmm. The per, the planets ruling each of those are the same. Uh yes, Mars, I was going Mars to on say. Mars, Sun, Venus, and then Mars, Sun, Venus on the other side. Fascinating too, yeah.
1: right? Isn't that? And that that's an interesting story, right? The in itself. the rulers yeah. are, are the same. So Mar, uh, that's Mars, Sun, and Venus in Aries, uh two two, three, and four of wands, and Mars, Sun, and Venus in Scorpio. Five, six, and seven, seven. of Cups, yep. and that sequence is so interesting because it's like those are Sephirotic matches. Five, six, and seven. Mars is the Sephira. Uh, mm-hmm. Sorry, Geburah. Five is the mm-hmm. Sephira that goes with Mars. Right seven in, Sc- in Scorpio, yep. right? And seven is the Sephira that goes with Venus, mm-hmm. uh, which is Netzach. And then in between, you have the balance of Tiferet. So this is really a story about those two forces opposing each other and then meeting and becoming harmonious in the six.
0: and you mentioned when we were talking about the astronomy how Earth sits in between Mars and Venus, and in the Chaldean sequence, the sun is the stand-in for Earth. Right. We've got that sun between or Earth between Mars and Venus kind of going on.
1: Yeah, and there's like, I mean, it's possible... To think also of, you know, them as opposing forces, always in tension, always in balance. But it's also interesting to think of it as a linear sequence where, you know, you cut the thing down and then you rebalance it, you warm it, you incubate it, and then there's new growth on the Venus side. So you can think of it as a linear sequence as well. And you can also
0: think of the sun being the, like, reconciling force between... The Mars and the Venus influences, whereas if you look at the sun as being connection to your will, you know, your solar will, that's what uh, will reconcile the, those two opposite things of desire and
1: attraction. That we have. Right. Yeah. And those stories are both fascinating the the aries stories i like to think of as like you know um the emperor's story of leadership yeah the two being the dominion the conquest oh, yeah. and then having to govern yeah. in the three of wands and then consecrating it in a sense with yeah. the four of wands you know you have yeah. to have a party for everybody to know that it's you know a rite or ritual right, right. of of um legitimacy and then in the five, six, and seven of Cups, that's our cabalistic doubling because it's Givura, uh, Tiferet, and Netzach. That's the story of death, which is not just a story of endings, but of transforming into whatever it's going to be next. So the five, we've talked about that 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 martial sudden loss and cutting and feeling of shock, and then the six the, you know, sort of transforming it into uh, a memory and create, and then the seven is the creating and creating beauty out of it, or creating something with meaning out of that loss. It's also a
0: story of how sacrifice and renunciation can be a form of freedom. Yes, yes, I agree. You You know, in the seven, you've got all those choices floating in front of you in the Rider Waite Smith image and you don't know which one to pick but you have to sacrifice some of them and then you see in the five definitely there's some loss and sacrifice there but the perfect balance of the six is where the freedom is you know that yes surrounded by renunciation you know there's some letting go that is actually exhilarating
1: yes Pleasurable even. Right, right. There's a surrender to it. And that's the, you know, the sun on the Rider-Waite-Smith death card. It's the, you know, the giving up of having to be in charge (laughs) and having to be active and present. To be renewed, you have to sleep. You have to die.
0: Yeah, that's kind of like what the tower is all about, really, is Mm -hmm.
1: like that
0: sacrifice of the personality or... The breakdown of the self, the fortress that you've built up of beliefs about yourself.
1: Yes, in order to inseminate who you're truly going to be, or germinate who you're truly going to be. Yeah.
0: Oh, I like inseminate for time. Yes, inseminate is right (laughs) on there, right? A little on the nose.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's also something, especially in the Scorpio ones, there's definitely that sort of alchemical feeling about that five, six, and seven of cups sequence. You know, mm. the putrefaction. Right. Uh, the Negredo stage, I guess it is.
0: Right, the red phase versus the
1: black phase. Yeah. But united by Mars, the burning phase. And you know what's interesting, too, about those two signs is that this doesn't always happen. In fact, I'm not sure it happens anywhere else, but we have a Mars presence in each of them, right? We have both... We have the the Two of Wands that has decanic rulership and right. sign rulership, and then the Five of Cups, which also has right. decanic and sign rulership. Mm-hmm. So really, I mean, Mars has a particularly strong presence in tarot um, for that reason. You know,
0: the Tower and Mars, Mars being considered malefic, but it seems like the struggles of Mars are always to a higher purpose, like leading to some sort of revelation of sorts.
1: There is a, you know, ends justifies the means quality about Mars sometimes, for better or for worse. Yeah, I think, you know, when one works with Mars, which I, you know, I don't think I ever have. Have you? Magically, I mean? Have you? Yeah. I mean, other than like the daily invocations, I I haven't really done any. Mars likes me. Is of I course like Mars you? likes you. <laughs> <laughs> but I've not like done any specific asks. I tend to work, you know, I've worked Mercury, Venus, Jupiter, maybe even Saturn, but not Mars. Anyway, but it's supposed to be because I, I guess I'm not going to war about much. <laughs> but petitions against soldiers, officials, uh, mars- uh, sorry, warlike acts, uh, destroying ho- homes and citizens, executioners, those who work with fire, thieves and road companions. So, you know, I think historically, the magical uses of Mars were really about conquest and defeating your yeah, enemies. Yeah, usually
0: offense, but also defense. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, when we think about, you know, the archetypes of Mars that we see in the tower and in the Emperor and Death, there's always armor. You know, there's always the protection, um, not just the sharp things. Should I talk about Kabbalah? Yeah, let's do it. There's yeah, a lot there. There's a lot oh, there. The... Sephira Givora, so important, is the the balance of Mars um, that Mars provides to the blessings of Jupiter.
0: Right. You can't just keep expanding and having blessings forever. Yeah, Sometimes yeah.
1: Sometimes
0: that would build up to too much and you have to cut away some of that
1: yeah i mean it makes me think of cell death in a sense like if if you don't cut away the cells yeah i mean like you know cells growing out of control that's cancer so you have to have
0: speaking of the sign cancer. so you know that's the the fall emo mars yeah emo (laughs) mars but it reminds me of the magical image of givora which is a mighty warrior
1: in his chariot Sounds pretty Cancerian to me. That does sound (laughs) super Cancerian. Where's my, uh, Thoth Mars printout? Hang on a sec. Um, Oh, no. (laughs) Help! Too much paper. Uh, Too much paper. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so in a chariot, right? Yes. Mighty warrior in his chariot. (laughs) Right. And I've got the the Aries version that Agrippa has which he does for Aries 2 is a man armed riding upon a lion in his right hand a naked sword erected and in his left <laughs> in his left the head of a man and then the image for Scorpio Scorpio 1 this is is uh, one of boldness courage good fortune in wars a soldier Armored and crowned, girt with sword, obviously, carrying a long lance. And (laughs) (laughs) of course he is! Sorry. It's hilarious, though. I mean, it it is is hilarious. I mean, it's not even like trying to pretend.
0: I mean, basically, the weapon of Gavora is the sword and the
1: spear. Yes. I mean, (laughs) yes. Well, here's something. Among other things. Yeah. The sword and the chain. Well, I mean, while we're on the topic, (laughs) I mean, Crowley actually says that the sword, the magic, as a magical weapon is the active and militant energy of the magician. But it's really the flaming sword or lightning flash. And he says it's not particularly phallic in the sense that the wand is phallic, right? This mm-hmm. is the, mm-hmm. this is invoked force, not natural force. Right. I mean, natural forces. is... hold
0: of the will, you know, rather than the natural. <laughs> oh, geez.
1: You should you got y'all should see the hand gestures now.
0: <laughs> I'm sure they can imagine. I'm
1: sure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think it's interesting, the point about natural versus invoked force, of course, they're both phallic in a sense, but the natural force is definitely that sexual generative wand quality. Natural arising. Yes. And the invoked force is more of an intellectual quality to it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like giving the will a particular form.
0: Because the sword is, uh, you know, the sword of the sword suit all about Reason and the mind and the intellect and mm-hmm. clarity and cutting away that which clouds it.
1: Right, right. And I think the sword is, you know, really even more so than the spear. I mean, we see, we hear the sword talked about in the Orphic hymn and everything. But I think there's something about swords the sword, swords and spears. Swords mentions, and spears right. But something the about the clash sword of swords and spears is. In, you know, in the images, and it's particular, I think, to Givora, to the nature of Givora as a martial force, as that sort of swords as a, um, as a creation of the iron will of Mars. Mm. And the, and the fact that let's not forget that the justice or adjustment path is a path of sword. And scales, right? Yeah. And that leads from gevura to tiferet. So it's a path of the sword, mm-hmm. really, that allows us to create that balance. The, the concept of gevura is often spoken of in, I think, the Zohar and probably in elsewhere, as a kind of restraint. It's like to restrain the giving of hesed. It's a restraint of mercy, really. So there's, it's not just all out aggression, right? It's aggression with a purpose.
0: That kind of makes sense in terms of the weapon of the chain. Mm -hmm. So the, the chain as a magical weapon, it was supposed to be an iron chain of 333 links. Wow. Which is, well, heavy, but (laughs) significant because, you know, three, 333 is the number of uh, the demon Choranzon uh, of oh, dispersion. And so this chain was supposed to restrict that force of dispersion and not allow uh, that dispersion to break the magician's concentration. Oh, I see. Because, you know, mm-hmm. Choranzon as a, a, a force is uh, wants to ruin everything disperse your life, disperse your concentration. Is it is Koran's like, on
1: a demon of the, of, the, of the Sephira? The abyss, yeah. oh, okay. Uh, gotcha. But it's, mm-hmm.
0: the, his number is 333. Um, so it's, wow, it's that's interesting. Like said to, you know, he's very dangerous and any contact with him will try to disperse and break down anything it comes in contact with, whether it's your will or your life.
1: Hmm. <laughs> Mm, that's fascinating so
0: this chain was supposed to bind and protect against that
1: yeah the iron of the will yeah another word for givora is din in Mm -hmm. when we didn't talk about chesed and gedula gedula meaning meaning greatness another name for chesed but but din is interesting because fear yeah yeah yeah, givora is severity or strength but but Dean means judgment or the mm-hmm. law. Justice, yeah. Yeah, so there's this, it brings in this idea that, number one, that it's a way of writing things that have gone wrong. Mm-hmm. It's a defensive posture. Right.
0: And it's also justice that- Justice be done through the heavens fall. That's Dean to me. <laughs> yeah.
1: You have to also use your judgment. It's not just about fighting as hard as you can. Right, Right? There's always a, uh, a, a a an element of thinking about what you're doing and why you're doing it in the best case mm-hmm. yeah, and that actually that idea of judgment is something that we also see in Hebrew letter associated with or with sorry with the tower, which is pay right, which is the mouth right. so eye in the eye comes before the mouth pay the the mouth
0: just as the devil precedes the tower right
1: and in i've seen a kabbalistic concept of you should observe before you speak Mm -hmm. you should take in and see before you try to talk that makes sense
0: yeah there's so many connections between the devil and the tower i've noticed a lot of that
1: it's it's really cool i mean i think the devil we can almost think of it As the gateway to reality, right? The Lord of the gates of matter. But the pay, the mouth is the speech that bridges reality that allows reality to come into being with verbal Mm -hmm. expression with what you say, it's not real till you say it, Right. right? And that's why the when word of creation. we stand at the intersection of Samek right. and Pei to do the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram, that's a place of power because right. we're speaking any of those crossing into points are
0: but especially that one. Especially
1: that one. Yeah. Especially that one. And it's right there in that sort of astral moment um just behind crossing out of Malkut, just above Yasod. So yeah, yeah, that that the idea of pay is not just about you know all the things that the mouth can do but about seizing that power of utterance and um, using speech as a active power mm. standing between Netzach and Hod Right, the word in action
0: we were talking a little bit about the sword and spear that's mm-hmm. also the um, what the glyph of Mars looks like it's a shield and spear um, as well as an erect organ <laughs>
1: Yeah. You know, the the circle and the arrow, it's like a shield and a spear. Just the way the the circle and cross of Venus is like a mirror. Before,
0: there was an older symbol of Mars. So instead of the circle with the arrow pointing up, it was, if you took the glyph of Venus and put it upside down, so the circle with the cross, like the orb of dominion that the emperor is seen holding, circle and cross, that's the old symbol for Mars. Oh is it? So it's the exact opposite. Wait, it's the of Venus. Oh, it's the opposite it's the Venus of Venus symbol turned upside down. Ooh, that was the original symbol of Mars. It was the where Venus was the circle above the cross, Mars was the cross above the circle. Right. So it looks just like that orb of dominion near the holy hand grenade you see the yeah. emperor
1: holding you know the- that's interesting because it makes me think of kind of the 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 different meanings of the upright and averse pentagram that's sort of you know that's matter over spirit or spirit over matter mm-hmm. and this is almost like structure over what is infinite versus right. infinite over what is structured and so that makes you think of the emperor's Trusting relationship the <laughs> right. to structuring the world right mm-hmm. the need to give it order and form the double attributes of pay, so pay can be pronounced as a p or a f, depending on what kind of diacritic you put onto it. But as that's because all of the seven double letters are associated with the seven planets, and the uh, gifts and attributes I have for that are grace and indignation, mm-hmm. which is really fascinating, right? right? Because right. that is, of course, the double attributes are different. Whoever you ask, but it's a really cool one because the the words our our Hebrew hen, which means like that's grace it's it's not just grace but you know what is grace it is protection it is mercy it is favor you know it is uh that which is precious and then on the flip side, you have um this idea of <laughs> indignation is a weird sort of um It's like righteous anger. Yeah. Yeah. It is the, the, the word is chayor, which means ugliness, basically. And it's that can mean that it's something's dirty or seamy or grimy. So you have this idea of things that are protected and precious versus things that are exposed and grimy. And to me, that's like so martial. The idea that you, you know, want to preserve something and you also want to destroy it. And you're always between that intersection of what's valued and what's not that's interesting too in terms of you know you think of the
0: lightning flash being a a term for enlightenment you know when you see the tower that's one message it can it can mean Mm -hmm. but you know you turn the lights on and you see what's dirty and you know what i mean the the roaches (laughs) go scurrying or whatever
1: (laughs) yeah it forces you to confront the The shadow yeah yeah yep yeah and it yeah like the
0: devil you know that and the devil the having all that association with the shadow but also as the light bringer yeah
1: yeah and you know this also reminds me so much it reminds me of the agricultural metaphors of the tower which we don't have to go into the whole story of the tower of babel but you know the when we talk about it. Yeah. yeah you can listen to the tower episode and the idea though is that this lightning flash was also not just an ag- aggressive act to split the tongues of man but an act of mercy to force you to go back to pr- first principles to work with the land to work with each other to grow things again so that's like the double meaning of grace i mean grace is often associated with the tower the house of god that grace often can look like catastrophe mm. and that going back to the dirt. The dirt can be dirty and awful and the thing that you avoid, but it's also it
0: something. You need to grow things, that which you right? use it's to grow. It's kind of like mm-hmm. Mars as being both the creator and the destroyer. You know, the, like we were talking about the Roman Mars being a creator, um, mm-hmm. the god of spring. Then there's also that idea of, you know, pay as as the mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking about that and and how the Egyptians called mars artes creative and their right of you know the the divine fire of spirit as coming through the mouth their rights of opening opening the mouth to, to enliven the the uh whether it was to enliven a statue with the animating force or through the fun- funeral rites to open the mouth to let the the spirit pass we were talking too about you know that where art and uh Samek and pay cross Mm-hmm. That's the art is the bringer forth of life, that crossing path. And so there's something there about the mouth as being also an opening for divine fire of spirit kind of right in and out.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting, too, that, you know, it's Mars crossing Samech, art temperance, the the Jupiter um archetype, because it's again another form of Chesed versus Givora. Right, They have quite a mm-hmm. relationship. They really do. Right. They really do. I mean, we talk about Mars versus Venus. We also talk about Mars versus Jupiter in the same way that we speak about Jupiter versus Saturn or Jupiter versus Mars. So the interaction of the malefics and the benefics is interesting that way. Yeah. Yeah. Mars is also the, um, you know, we think of him as the, the malefic of the daytime of the day sect so um where Saturn is the greater malefic of the night sect and if you're born during the day Mars is is your you know challenge to deal with versus if you're born at night like me and Saturn's your challenge to deal with that's something to ponder. There's also something about you know in the tower how you usually
0: see those two falling figures. It reminds me I was reading something about in Christian Rosenkruth's mm-hmm. story, there's a tower in that story, and the tower has seven stories. And in each of the seven stories, some cryptic alchemical process is happening, but it's all about regeneration and resurrection of the king and queen in the story. Interesting. Who have, who have been like, and they're like the falling figures of Hoden Netzach, you know, the male and female figures falling, um, from the tower but in that story the king and queen after their death they go through this
1: process of alchemical restoration through the tower that's fascinating that's almost like so ascent through seven steps of the tower is like the opposite of Inanna's descent through seven gates into yeah, the underworld right, yeah. it's like Rising the Venus the Mars tower. opposition yep. there yep. to that's come back cool. to life
0: and it kind of it does kind of speak to the tower as being this force of destruction but also creation Death and rebirth, just like Scorpio.
1: The um Archangel associated Oh yeah, God's burner. Yeah, God's burner, <laughs> God's Kamael. Hitman. Oh, right, right. I've seen Kamael and I've seen Samael, and ah. there I there's it's a famous confusion. I don't I don't know, you know, how to untangle that. But I know that this Archangel is an angel of death and wrath and punishment and is known as the severity of God. <laughs> right. the, the Avenger. Yeah. Yeah. What's, you know, what's interesting is that the, um, the corresponding Olympic spirit is the Prince of Peace, Falek, um, mm. who is, well, it's a, it's a, you know, it's sort of an euphemism because his, his, um, gift is the arts of war. <laughs> so isn't that yeah you know again it's sort of like that please you know how to make war please don't kind of thing
0: or there's also something about war as a path to peace you know what i mean like the necessary upheaval that has to come before the time of peace and prosperity yes aren't the uh angels of gavora the seraphim the fiery
1: serpents that sounds right
0: seems pretty appropriate for the tower
1: (laughs) oh that's good and you know
0: the path too you know the Mm -hmm. path of the tower between we were talking about the contrast between uh mars and venus the path of the tower is opposite the path of venus
1: yeah so
0: it's the lowermost horizontal path where venus is the highest horizontal path. And
1: in between them is the parallel path of strength lust. Yeah, right. Yeah. Which right. is sort of like a composite right. almost. Yeah. And I, th- I like the thinking about that path between Netzach and Hod because there is always a break between the sevens and eights of every suit, right? Mm-hmm. And, the, from the sort of like, uh, the, the questing nature of the seven or the, uh, t- the emotional questing nature to the rational, intelligent, systemic nature of the eight. And there is a break between them and a rupture that has to be, uh, dealt with in some way. And similarly, we haven't really talked about, um, we should probably talk about the fives at this point because the five is the Sephira of Givora, of course. And all fives are famous in tarot for causing trouble. <laughs> right. That is the location of all the discontent in tarot is the, the fives, five of wands, the five of storm and stress, cups, swords, and disc Motion, cables. But yeah. motion, yeah. The
0: storm and stress comes from the motion of the five to disturb the four because the, uh, it can't stay stagnant. the, the, the lightning flash of creation has to move on from that four so the idea of motion kind of breaks that up and you know i think crowley says something about the reluctance of workers to go back to work after lunch
1: oh, yes. <laughs> yes that's a good line that, that, yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah, motion yeah. isn't always welcome that's right because you know four is the ultimate stability and you need the fifth element to stir things up you yep. know make things go but it is you know it's uncomfortable energy, yeah Yeah, it is, it's uncomfortable and it's difficult. And it is essentially the, the, the middle of the suit sequence. I mean, since it's one through 10, there isn't an exact middle, but the five functions as the, the middle. The six does. The six as well. The the six, the six is the balance, right? Right. And the five is the disruption. the (laughs) the middle, though. You know what I mean? It's the center to bottom.
0: It's the center and side to side.
1: It absolutely is in in terms of like, astrologically, cabalistically. The five is that sort of mean, like yeah, you know, the, the sort five of five is the breaking point. It's right? the breaking point, exactly. Yeah. It's the uh the point where the asparagus breaks off <laughs> <laughs> asparagus. I'm sorry, it's the phallic. Hey we're not in the
0: correspondence <laughs> yet, but yeah, I bet asparagus is Mars. <laughs> it's gotta be all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean the
1: way the asparagus like breaks out of the ground is absolutely obscene. <laughs> it just is what was i gonna say oh yeah so so we can talk about those those fives as being uh-huh. you know the the cards of strife of disappointment or loss of uh defeat and of material wor- worry or material trouble is it i'm not sure what yeah. the alternate is yeah. on that one it's
0: material trouble or worry
1: yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. And each of those, we have sort of an instinctive reaction to feel aversion to. Each of those causes us to feel pain. And yet, at the same time, often in retrospect, they prove to have been necessary. Right? You know, strife, of course, is striving, without which nothing happens.
0: That's the first of the five. So that's the Mm -hmm. one that really takes that Energy to break through that that stagnant stagnant four energy, you know. So it takes that, yeah. And then in in, in cups, we have the emotion around that. Well, we find that kind of disappointing, you know. Yes, that, that we have to move and do something and sacrifice something and uh yeah. then in the next to the swords and disc it seems to be those seems to be real really like mind states
1: oh, well you know? i think so i mean i think it's like the five of swords always makes me think of you know the necessity for there to be a winner and loser right. and an imbalance in order for things to change right and sometimes that just doesn't seem fair but it's something that has to happen and then with the, um, yeah, the, the five of discs is interesting because it's not just about being rich or poor, which it also is, but also about being inside or outside, excluded or included. Right. right. And know, how you feel about that. How you feel about that. How you deal. Comparing
0: the haves and the haves, nots, you know. Yeah. Dealing
1: with that. And also, I think there's a secret in it somehow. I've always felt that there's a secret Boon inside the five of discs that has to do with finding your faith. But I'm, I've never, I'm still working on like how to work that out, but I know it's there because I've just experientially found it. It's as that, um, moment of, of doubt where, where things seem at their very worst before the successes of the six. Anyway. But but yeah, the fives There's a secret
0: boon in every negative card. There, as well there's as a, a secret, secret boon
1: and a secret curse, curse in every card. In every, yeah,
0: exactly. yeah, purification by fire.
1: That's for sure. That's for sure. Trials by, trials by fire and water. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. that's
0: why um, Samak crosses it. The tempering.
1: Yeah, well, fire I mean, that's an interesting thing too. If you consider, like, both the signs of Jupiter and Mars are fire and water signs, mm-hmm. right? Right. You know, in the same way that the Mercury and Venus ones are air and earth.
0: So I guess we could do a little, there's a little bit more mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we mentioned Mars and we had the, the hymn to to Aries, which is the, you know, kind of really destructive side of Mars. <laughs> well, then
1: also, please don't destroy things. <laughs> right, right.
0: And then we talked a little bit about the Roman Mars being more of a father of founders and spring and kind of... Uh, that, but he had his destructive side as well. I mean, his companions were said to be pallor and pavor, uh, mm. paleness and fright, kind of like the moons of.
1: Yeah. Jupiter, you know? Yeah. Um, That's interesting. Things like that. But, you
0: know, he was also fertility, you know, male fertility and a protector, you know, for new projects and, his consort uh Narian meant valor um or her other name was Sabine Virtos, or virtue mm. um, so there's that, and then you know when I think of Ares the this the energy is more of the Athena Minerva. Uh, figure, the kind of martial figure born the head, from Zeus's head, Ares. Um, yeah. And the idea of strategy, defensive strategy versus offensive bloodshed and killing. Um, then you've got the Scorpio side. I kind of think of Hades and uh, the jaws of Dis, Shiva mm-hmm. the Destroyer, who is also the protector and creator, you know, that idea of impermanence leading to liberation. Um, you've got Ares himself war warlike but you know he was the son of Jupiter and Hera said to be unbreakable mm-hmm. and i think that's even mentioned mm-hmm. in the who Hera you mean uh, uh, no uh, or Ares is- uh, Ares also, yes it- doesn't it call him unbreakable uh, all right yeah, A- Raked, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. and uh you know, his family was pretty interesting. His sister was Eris, Discord, Strife. His <laughs> lover was Aphrodite, goddess of love. And their son was Eros, which is kind of like definitely a combination of the two, you know. Because mm-hmm. He shot his arrows and pierced people mm-hmm. with desire and love. uh, But he was a troublemaker for sure. Like those Absolutely, arrows were yeah. not really... You used nicely, you know. <laughs> right, right.
1: There was no sort of um, for the greater good right. impulse you're, you're, behind you're, it. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and then, you know, for the, the Lemic god, you can't miss Horus as a god of fire and Mars, um, war and vengeance, force and fire. Rahurku was the god of force and fire. And, mm-hmm. I mean, force and fire, that's Mars in a nutshell.
1: Yeah, also, fire know, and fury. <laughs> yeah,
0: war and vengeance, force and fire, you know, the the active side of uh the Solar Twins. But he's a very martial figure, especially mm-hmm. if you read Chapter 3 of Book of the Law, it's extremely martial. So yeah, Horus, the hawk-headed one, was definitely a Mars god.
1: Right, right. And it's interesting because those birds of prey, we see them both as figures of sort of leadership and protection, but also of attack right. and, right. you know, and rapacity. Yes. Raptors.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Plus, you know, I mean, sexual aggression as well, speaking of other cognates of raptor. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, to think of both the Zeus side as you know, as the most rapy of gods, but also the Hades side as, you know, the one who takes abducted away, Persephone, abducted right. Persephone, right. right. There's a, there's a taking away quality and an aggression to it that we hope turns into something generative and transformative. Mm-hmm.
0: Didn't he take her away in a chariot?
1: It's sometimes said that he did. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which yeah. brings back in the chariot. You know, we talked about the chariot as being the, the, the fall and um,
1: yes, also
0: the mighty warrior in his chariot image of Gavora. But also, if you reduce the number of the tower, mm-hmm. 16 into 7, you get the chariot again. So. That's right, yeah. And um, we haven't done the colors. We can... Uh, Mention that because we know it's red, red, <laughs> red, red, and red. Red but, of all kinds. You know, yeah. Mars's colors is scarlet, red, Venetian red, and bright red, red, azure, and emerald for a little bit of the flashing colors. But then Gavora's colors are also uh, very fiery, orange, red, um, another type, scarlet red, red, <laughs> red, and then red flecked with black for the... um Final one in Asaia.
1: Yeah, the uh, the Deccan colors are red, 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 black, red, and <laughs> <Right>. light red. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And the black. You know, the little bit of black there kind of speaks to the exaltation of Capricorn. You know, Saturn, yeah, black as well Saturn's as the association with iron, black. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: it's basically blood and iron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, we should do decanic miners. Oh yeah. So, I can't believe we forgot. <laughs> so so the first one, of course, is Mars and Aries that starts everything off the two of wands um, erupting into flame. Mars and rulership. Mars and rulership. Um. And double Mars. Yes, double Mars as well. Because it's Mars Sorry. ruling Aries. Mars ruling Aries. And
0: uh, Mars ruling the Deccan.
1: It's, um, and it's a, it's a very particularly generative Mars because it's in Chokmah, that sort of all father force or primal, primal urge to zodiac. create the entire Let's zodiac. Just conquer the whole thing. That's right. I mean, the aces are all the primal mover, but, but the zodiac is like the whole expression of everything that's associated with Chokmah and that creative force. You know, I often think of that as an aspect of Mars that's like, everything he touches turns into something as the god of spring and
0: creation yeah yeah
1: yeah. Yeah. and like the you know the myth of the ionian dragon this this is a martial myth where the teeth of the dragon's teeth are are sewn sewn and they become the Spartoi. yeah you know the uh the warriors the armed warriors which i think it's probably jason who has to fight i can't remember exactly which hero armed to the teeth they come up as skeletons did they think so perhaps which seems Would very seems, like
0: capricornic and yeah. the
1: exaltation there yeah. this is the the world building and world destroying conquest card uh, oh yeah and if there's skeletons wands. also scorpio yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah 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 and then we have the nine of swords the this cruelty, cruelty card which is spare. yeah i think where many people locate their fear in tarot in this card
0: and it's probably the card that most exemplifies mars as the bloodthirsty warrior you know the blood this one who delights in cruelty and and bloodshed and all that yeah Yeah.
1: it's not just that he does it as his job he actually enjoys it it's Mm -hmm. not just a job (laughs) but also you know let's remember that he's the father of fear and panic deimos and Mm -hmm. phobos and i really think we see that in this card this is where those um erupt
0: also because it's Air and Gemini and a nine—it's mm. a lot about words that you s- are mm-hmm. said, you know, either internally or externally that come from the subconscious. The nine, you know,
1: it's the nine, it's the yasod, and it's the very close to that place of power at Samachimpe, you know, mm-hmm. where the mouth opens. So there, I think that there's something like all nines, something incredibly inherently magical about this placement, although the cure for the nine of swords is often to say that it's only in your mind man is that a powerful place yeah the mind creates everything the mind creates everything everything. there is so it's really important to deal with this card in a way that respects its power and not just to say it's just anxiety or it's just fear to take back some of the agency with um your thoughts and words. <laughs> yeah. I think that like, you know, the nightmare of the nine is a place that if you can find the courage to utter something in that place, that's a way of conquering that fear. The stories you tell yourself. The stories you tell yourself. Yeah. It's very, very, very powerful. You know, the, I forgot to say with the, the, the canic associations for the two of wands, strength, high rank and shamelessness. <laughs> yeah. You know, th- that's pure. Or sexual code. But the, um, but the ones for the nine of swords, oppression's evil and subtlety. And I think the subtlety is that swords quality of being slightly hidden, you know, in your brain. Words are slippery. Words are slippery, indeed. And then the seven of wands, um, is the placement of Mars in Leo, which is, you know, Mars and Sun do well together. Yeah. You know, it's a place, it's, there's no, there's a, there's, there's a reason it's the Lord of Valor or Courage. Mm -hmm. even if it is in Netzach.
0: Yeah, that's the only challenge to the card is to balance the Venus and Mars force, but they're not that incompatible. They're just a dance between the two forces, you know, attraction and desire, you know, attracting to or projecting out offense and defense that, you know, Mm -hmm. balance between Venus and Mars. But Mars is definitely stronger because it's a fire card.
1: Yeah. And I think that this, magically, this placement confers that ability to be strong under duress. Like, you know, when right. you're beset by all sides. Right. The
0: only, I mean, Mars is said to be courage, but the only way you discover courage is through adversity.
1: Right. Courage is not courage without fear. I also kind of associate this with the hunt and the chase sort of like, you Right. Know. That's kind of what I meant. The Venus yeah. and Mars, like Venus attracts
0: to it, or Mars pursues you know
1: yeah there's like that dynamic between the pursuer and the pursued where it doesn't happen unless you turn and flee right you know it's sort of like well in dreams this happens but also you know if you're in god help you if you are but if you're confronting an aggressive animal the last thing you want to do is turn Turn and and flee because then you are prey
0: although if you're if you're um trying to attract an Aries I think you do want to turn and flee because they love the chase
1: (laughs) right well that's the thing that sets up the 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 differential between the pursuer and the pursuit right and you know I mean I think there is um a quality in this card of like if you stand and face something then that that is the the source of your courage and if you turn and flee that's the source of the pursuit there's Mm -hmm. like a there's something about Netzach in yeah, that. There's a dynamics that. there. Yeah, yeah that's, yep. that's almost a current that's created that self-perpetuates. That's mm-hmm. the eternity of Netzach. Yeah, very interesting. In the Deccan descriptions, it's, it's love in society and the loss of one's right for avoiding strife. Yes. Isn't that interesting? It is. Yeah, because strife is the five, we, strife right? has to come to
0: all of us. And, mm-hmm. you know, it does come to you whether you like it or not. And at some point you lose the right to avoid strife. Because, because you have just, to defend. It's just your turn, you know? It's your
1: turn and it, yep. you have to stand and face it. And it, really, it's sort of like that dynamic between five and seven that we often see where the five sets up the um the desire for the 6 and the 7 is forced to defend it you know if you want to defend your victory you're going to have to take a defensive posture right, right and go up against all the people who want to take it from you and then we return to mars and rulership in the 5 the of goodness. cups double mars mhm double mars, mars Kabbalistically. Rolling he's it's Gavora
0: the five and Mars ruling Scorpio so Mars and Mars in water not so good
1: yeah so it's actually almost three times power because it's decanic rulership it's sign rulership and it's kabbalistic rulership right this is about as powerful as it gets right yeah too much Mars too much Mars man yeah. And I think that it's like the force of Scorpio all sort of collects here and, you know, takes away the thing that is most precious to you. Right. Mars as sacrifice. Mars as sacrifice. sacrifice. Necessary, yeah. but so, so hard. Yeah. The Lord of Disappointment, which is the one Deccan that's black. <laughs> this is the one that that has all the death in it. In a sense... You know, loss is is a as Gavura, it is a form of correction. It is an you know, the necessary ushering out of life when its time has come or even before its time has come. Right. You know, this is not a card I would work with magically much, but I think I think it can if you're really having trouble letting go, this could be the card that does that. You know, letting go of something whose time has Mm. come.
0: It seems to me like the antidote for this card because there's so much Mars and it's burned away all the water is more water. And in that mm. sense, more attention, emo- no, more emotional attention, you know, more renewal of, of emotional <laughs> It's like from life. moving from the five yeah. to
1: the six, really. Right. Yeah.
0: Bring back the water. And it's the- interesting, though, in the six, you know, you've got Mars and the sun, which you'd think, but no, that's good. It's all good.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's that rebalancing. I mean, it's mm-hmm. double, yeah. double sun. Right, you know, double
0: sun, which you can't go wrong there, really. The sun. And it's in, you know, Tiferet, c- central, center of
1: all. Center of all. Right. The, um, Your emotional center, which is pleasure. Significations for Five of Cups are sadness, beauty, perdition, hatred, ill will. So, more destructive Mars. Um, beauty. Beauty, yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why. Strange, That's... isn't it? It's It's weird. That's, uh, it's not in the, it's, it's in one of the Pikatrix translations, but not the other. And I don't know why. Mm. But, yeah, sometimes uh, they're just hard to puzzle out. They're very hard to puzzle out. What's the image? Um, hmm. Du, du, du. Let's see. Du, 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 du. A man with a lance in his right hand and in his left hand, he holds the head of a man. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, that's- yeah, that's. That's typical. Yeah. That's typical. That's very Marzy. Yeah. Yeah. The head and the lance. The head and the lance. Yeah. 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 And then, um, and then we have
0: the. It's almost like, it's (laughs) it's almost like, you know, after the orgasm. (laughs) I was going to put that
1: in for the (laughs) 10 of cups, actually. There's a quality of that. We can talk about the Picatrix imagery for that, which is beyond. Yeah, you know, but um, but then in the the exaltation of Mars is the is the three of discicles, the Mars and Capricorn.
0: Great card. It's a great card, li- and it's I like that card a
1: lot. Great for working magically mm-hmm. as well, because anytime you want to build something, there you go. It's a really interesting one because it's good for focus and determination. I think of this all the time as like, you know, with my Mars on the Midheaven, just trying to get you to focus on the thing that has to be done.
0: It's not only is it Mars in exaltation, but it's like the perfect combination of force and form because it's as a yes. three, it's bina form, and as Mars, it's force. So you you have both there working together to really create
1: something. Yeah, three is bina, that sort of desire for form and structure and reality and if you think about bina the combination of bina and the force of givora as mars that's that's i believe the chariot right there so right. there's that extra energy to produce that and bring vehicle into reality for energy building and structure and work <laughs> it's very architectural mm-hmm.
0: and in ma- it's in matter too you know being capricorn it's definitely creating something real and tangible whether that be a building or a life form or or a project of something that actually exists
1: and then you know but an interesting piece of picatrix signification for the three of discs is seeking what cannot be done and attaining what cannot be so there's that you know that drive to succeed that pushes you beyond it's your it's very limits. much a contradiction because it says you know Seeking what
0: cannot be done, which makes you think you can't do it, but then it says attaining
1: that what which cannot, cannot be, be right. So you're actually getting somewhere without the desire to seek the impossible. You don't actually attain right, right. And it also reminds me of I think there's a signification for four of wands that's similar. Wants to do good but cannot, which is Venus and Aries. So there's like that that martial. Constantly trying to get something done and mm-hmm. pushing beyond the natural limits. limits yeah. yeah. Yep. Right. The limits of Capricorn
0: in this yeah. case.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's so and productive Saturn, in this. It's sort of like, yeah, if you think about the engines of Capricorn, you know, mm-hmm. this the Mars is the fuel that fires them. I know yes. there's something about like piston engine in here. Right. <laughs> and then there's finally the 10 of cups such a strange such a strange uh, all the it's like which one doesn't belong of the six Mm. of the six different Mars cards but it does in a sense right yeah it's
0: that one that's shoehorned in at the very end of the zodiac the extra Mars there
1: yeah and it's when you were talking about the um, you know the sort of after effects of the orgasm that's the this is the one I think of where it's sort of that dissolution into rest Um, that is one of the meanings of it Um, Actually, Deccan significations, I think it's rest and fornication, although I think it kind of goes the other way around. Fornication, then rest. (laughs) I suppose you ought to be rested up for it. (laughs) (laughs) But it's also, you know, you talked about how Ares and Aphrodite have this child harmonia, civil Mm -hmm. concord. I kind of think of that as maybe being part of this, you know, that moment of where everything's kind of okay for a minute. Yeah, for a minute. You know, it is in the ten. It's in Malkut. So there's that thing that you say at the end of the hymn that has to do with raising the young, right? Kurotrofón olbiodotin, which is, you know, it's there's a purpose to all of this, which is to to generate, germinate the next generation, but also to raise it up. That's that final moment of Pisces. The, the purpose of all of this has been to start over again in the next decan.
0: You know, it's called satiety, but also mm-hmm. perfected success. And that sounds on the face of it like such an endpoint. But being the last Deccan of Pisces, there is definitely an element of delusion if you think that anything can ever be perfected and stay in stasis because right. it cannot and here in the 10 where are you going to go next to the sword suit sorry right you right. know
1: <laughs> and that's something that i've always thought about this card it's that moment of martial fire but pisces water sort of the rainbow that just flashes at the last minute like you know this is also the rainbow right. uh night, right it sure is satisfying King. but it, it it's not
0: gonna last because nothing lasts it's that you know impermanence
1: yeah but without that vision at the end of time you won't have the courage or the hope to to keep going to the end but in the end there's
0: just another beginning it's just
1: another beginning yeah yeah it's fascinating there is no rest (laughs) (laughs) there isn't really although there's temporary there's rest but it's it's rest for one generation and a beginning for the next. That's a, it's a fascinating card, Mars and Pisces, at mm-hmm. the end of all things. The end of all things. Well, we're almost to the end of all things, I think, except for. Uh, I think uh, so. Yeah. Oh, wait. There's a, um. Correspondence. I just wanted to just, uh, see if I can see the, the Deccan imagery for 10 of, oh yeah. 10 of, uh, be interesting. cups. Cause re- I, I don't remember what it is, but I know that there's, That woman with a, having a a thing with a donkey in the Liberty Stars Eternal deck. (laughs) That's the one. That's why I don't use that deck because I don't want to explain it to people. But the, uh, um. Right. So now, uh, so what are they doing? (laughs) Oh yeah. Okay. So, so here's Picatrix. Uh, there rises in the third phase of Pisces, a sad man full of evil thoughts, thinking of deception and treachery. And before him is a woman with a donkey climbing atop her. And in her hand is a bird. Yeah, this is a phase of chestnut <laughs> advancement and lying with women with a great appetite and of quiet and seeking rest. So there's both the fornication and the rest, right? Uh, you yeah, know, it's yeah. sort of like this is sex for sex sake, right? It's not just about, you know, it's like seeking satiation and pleasure beyond What's needed. And, you know, when you said perfected, what is it? Perfected success. Perfected success. So even the word perfect, we think of it as being perfect and ideal, but it's also that prefix per means kind of over, like over and through. So it's like something you make that goes over and beyond what's mm-hmm. necessary right so yeah, yeah yeah and that's a quality of this like all tens that's more than is needed the surplus that allows the next you know the overripe fruit to take root and to grow again so i don't know that card man yeah it's complicated it's a lot more complicated than people think yeah that one all i gotta sure. say yeah yeah.
0: <laughs> Especially in the writer. Wait.
1: For that, sure. Doesn't man.
0: seem to show
1: some of the things underlying. It does not. It does not. You have to kind of know. Um, and I think that the secret is in them having their backs to you because it's just a show. Right. right. I think of it as the, you know, like they used to put the happily ever after the end of right. the end of the movie. Right. But, you know, there's a lot more behind that. So, uh, correspondences. Yeah,
0: so plants, nettles and ginger and mustard and pepper. Oh, my. Also, that's a spicy, prickly goodness. (laughs) Anything that's, like, spicy or sharp with thorns. (laughs) Right. uh, Right.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, one of the funniest ones is that um there's a I think it's probably Agrippa who says long pepper is associated with it so that's not like a green pepper or you know back then what a long pepper was was cubeb which is a peppercorn with I have a tail some on it in my yeah space cabinet yeah yeah
0: it's yeah, good. yeah it's kind of lemony
1: good. it's kind of lemony but it looks a little different because mm-hmm. it has that little on it which yep. is very martial <laughs> yes <indeed. laughs> long pepper <laughs> long pepper <laughs> it sounds martial it sure does like anything that causes a warming of the body mm-hmm. you know gingers like that like yeah, you're saying pepper, ginger all of the uh, alia yep uh,
0: anything oh, yeah. that's pungent garlic and garlic yeah. and onions some of my favorite foods are actually in the
1: Mars. Mars has fantastic food. Yeah. yeah I totally. mean, if you took away all the Mars foods, it would be a very, very Boring sad word. Universe, yeah. Yes. All thorny and lacrimatory plants, plants that make you cry, as well as nooks vomica.
0: <laughs> Not so much fun.
1: Not so much fun. Mustard, radish, hops. Um, hops. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Hemp. Yeah. Yeah.
1: For sure. Thought so. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. also stimulants speaking
1: of absolutely st- drugs and
0: substances is it caffeine and nicotine and stimulating things are all i think very martial things that excite probably yeah. also uh, you know things like horny goat weed <laughs> <laughs> what's that a uh, uh, sexual stimulant is it yeah neat. it's like the male equivalent of spanish fly oh <laughs> cool
1: cool yeah so uh perfume wise it's all hot Pungent odors. So, dragon's blood's definitely in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, the the resin, benzoin, uh, sandalwood. Sometimes, although that's Venusian too. Mm-hmm. All odoriferous wood is, I think, what uh, Crowley says about it. <laughs> of course, he does. <laughs> <laughs> the animals are pretty
0: fierce and cool too. They are the wolf, the boar. The yes. bear and the woodpecker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, the wolf, of course, because of Rome, right? And the yes. uh, children of, of the Lufthansa. The Caledonian Luthien. boar. Yeah, um, but the bear the is bear. interesting. I think yeah. it's just for its strength. It's an alchemical thing. I don't really know much about it, but the boar, of course, is associated with Adonis, but also um just its ferocity and wildness.
0: And as far as uh, mythological beasts, the basilisk.
1: Yes, a fiery creature and a serpent creature as well. Yep. Ravenous birds. I think those are raptors. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All stinging insects.
0: Oh, definitely.
1: Yeah. Fish that have, like, um, thorns, (laughs) swordfish, pike,
0: you know. uh, yep. Cat fish, catfish, maybe. Catfish, maybe. They get, they yeah. get those
1: sharp things yeah. off their face. And you know what's interesting is I think the wasp is Marshall and the bee is Venusian. Which yeah, is interesting. I would right? agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I
0: would agree. Th- As a matter of fact, in my three of discs in Rosetta, there's a wasp. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. That's right. Because it's exalted.
0: Its cells mm-hmm. with the three elements.
1: Oh, gemstones and metals. Because of course we have iron.
0: Iron, for sure, yeah.
1: Lodestones, magnetic things. Red bins. coral. Red for coral. the gem. That's
0: the Ayurvedic gem for Mars, I believe. Red, red coral. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Mars really gets all of the red stuff, although sometimes there's some overlap with Sun, maybe Gemstones Jupiter. are
0: weird. There's a lot of overlap with different signs. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it shares all the black ones with Saturn.
0: Oh, you know, for gods, I forgot to mention the Furies. Oh, yeah. Very, very martial the thing. Arrhenius. Oh, the Arrhenius. Yeah. The Avengers there. And also... um the Egyptian, you know, in the Book of the Dead, the 42 assessors, the
1: oh, 42 yeah, assessing
0: gods, that ju- that reminds me, you know, Justice and Justice, justice and judging. Judgment, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. The Dean or Givora, all war gods. Yeah. As well. <laughs> like all Norse gods.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. I can't decide if Thor is Jupiter for mm-hmm. his hard drinking, partying ways, or Mars for his
1: Hammer and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> for his hammer and whatnot. <laughs> nice. Well, there's the god two. Um, yes, Tuesday, uh, That's the one right, for Mars, Tuesday. Yeah. So Thor, Thor, Thor traditionally goes Jupiter, with Thursday yeah. because so of the makes bolt. sense because
0: he's kind of a jovial guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or. There's, there's a sort of like dumb quality about Thor. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. Sort of like, you know, I can do anything with my strength, but I'm not the brightest bulb in the box. Not yeah. the brightest hammer in the toolbox.
0: <laughs> the sharpest hammer in the uh, however you want to say it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Alright. So uh, so we've we've talked about a lot of themes. Definitely about the aggression of Mars. Mm-hmm. The excitation
0: of Mars. And the, <laughs> the activity.
1: Yeah, his inflammation and burning, but also his cutting and separation. Motion, storm, and stress. Striving and destruction. Purging and assessment. Corrective action leading Mm
0: -hmm. to truth.
1: Yes, his uh, corrective action, like the balance of justice, but also a a figure of imbalance. Mm. Aggression and pursuit. Challenge. Audacity and shamelessness. Swords and spears. (laughs) Lots of those. Lots of swords and spears. (laughs) Leadership. Leadership. Offense and defense. Lots of offense. <laughs> yeah, more
0: offense, but there's some defense too. Yeah, yeah. Struggles leading to great revelations. Courage versus fear. For or Courage sure. arising from fear.
1: Will versus desire. Strength and authority. The power of war and the power of peace. Grace uh, versus ugliness. Virility
0: as life force. Speech as power. Mm. And the mouth. great divine fire of spirit coming through the rites of opening the
1: mouth. I don't know about you, but I am spent speaking of... Yeah, well,
0: there was a lot of force and drive. There is a lot of force and drive. Everybody should
1: make peace with Mars. It's not all bad. It's not all bad. (laughs) And with that... Uh so this has been uh the incredibly on fire and long um and hard <laughs> episode of Mars. Uh um, that's what she said. That's what she said. And we shall be back next time with the episode of Jupiter. <laughs> I think we're all out of yes. dublant tendres at this yes. point. <laughs> yeah. Time to quit. Okay.